button stupid. Uh, there was also a lot for the tribe of Manasseh, uh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph, to wit for Machir, the firstborn of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. Therefore he had Gilead and Bashan. And there was also a lot for the rest of the children of Manasseh by their families, for the children of Abiezer, and for the children of Halek, and for the children of Azrael, and for the children of Shechem, for the children of Hefer, and for the children of Shemida. Uh, and these were the male children of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, by their families. But Zelophad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, we had to go through it all again, uh, had no sons, but he had daughters. And these are the names of his daughters, uh, Mala, and Noah, and Hagla, and Milka, and Tirzah. I'm sure Hagla changed her name when Dad died. Uh, um, and they came near before Eleazar the priest, and before Joshua the son of Nun, and before the princes, saying, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our brethren. Therefore, according to the commandment of the Lord, he gave them an inheritance among the, breth the brethren of their father. So it's, it's interesting, uh, in verse 2, he, he mentions that it's the male children of, uh, of Manasseh that they gave the land to, they gave the division to. Uh, but then uh, uh, Zelophad, the son, had only daughters, uh, and it was mentioned there. And, and really what is going to happen is there's a precedent being set up for the rest of scripture, and, and we really just want to touch on that for a minute, but uh, hold your place here. Go back to Numbers chapter 27, uh, and this may be a, a repeat of names again, but, it, but it's an important thing that's going on, uh, something that's going to be happening uh, throughout the rest of scripture as we see, and it's going to be an important uh, event that takes place later on. Uh, but in chapter 27 of Numbers, uh, it says that then came the daughters of Zelophad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead. Here we go again. The son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, of the families of Manasseh, of the son of Joseph. And these are the names of the daughters. And we went through the names. And they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, and before the princes of all the congregation by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, our father died in the wilderness, and he was not in the company of them that gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his own sin and had no sons. Why should the name of our father be done away with from among his family, because he had no son? Give, us, give unto us, therefore, a possession among the brethren of our father. And Moses brought their cause before the Lord, because this hadn't come up before, but now it's there, it's before him. Moses, looking for wisdom, and look at where he goes. He goes to the Lord, and bring, brings the cause there. And that's what we should always do, is bring our causes before the Lord. Father, we haven't been here before. There's no specific instruction in Scripture, but we need your heart in the way. So help us with this, Lord. And so the Lord answers Moses and says, The daughters of Zelophad uh, speak right, 
Thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren. And this is really strange because in a male-dominated society, <laughs> the Lord is speaking to them, telling them, uh, I care about the women that are there. I care about the daughters that are there. I, I care about what's happening to their land that they've inherited rightly from their father. Uh, and so I want to minister to them in the midst. Uh, so he says, you shall cause the inheritance of their father to pass on unto them which really had to blow the male's minds. <laughs> what are you doing, Lord? I, I thought we were in charge. <laughs> he said, no, I'm in charge, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to take care of your daughters. I want you to take care of your wives. I want to take care of those ladies that are in the tribes of Israel and minister to them. They should have an inheritance that's there. And isn't that wonderful? And yet uh, so often we hear that the Bible and Jesus don't care about women. <laughs> that, that they're against women. In nowhere in Scripture do you see that. Uh, but yet society brings it up just another time where they can get away from the commandments of the Lord and get away from who he is and just blow him off because uh, he just cares about guys. He doesn't care about girls. Oh, that's not our Lord. He, he has a heart for people. He has a heart to minister to them, and he wants their inheritance to be kept for them. Uh, so cause the inheritance of their father to pass on to them, uh, and you shall speak unto the ch children of Israel, saying, If a man die and have no son, then you shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. So here's this precedence that, that's being set in Israel, and it's going to pass through Scripture as we see these things. And he says, if you have no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brethren. And if he has no brethren, then you shall give his inheritance unto his father's brethren. Uh, and if his father have no brethren, he goes to the extreme with this, then you shall give his inheritance to the kinsman that is next, the kinsman redeemer, as we see it. And he shall possess it, and it shall be unto the children of Israel statute of judgment as the Lord commanded Moses. So we see the start of these kinsmen redeemers that are going to be coming through. Uh, move on just a little bit and go to chapter 36 of Numbers here. Uh, and we kind of go through the, the same thing again. And I'm sorry for the repetition of the names. But uh, what's really coming up here is something that we really should take a peek at. Uh, and it says, Then the chief of the fathers of the families of the children of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, the families of the sons of Joseph, came near and spoke before Moses and before the princes, before the chief fathers of the children of Israel. And they said, The Lord commanded my Lord to give the land for an inheritance by lot to the children of Israel. And my Lord was commanded by the Lord to give the inheritance of Zelophehad, our brother, unto his daughters. And if they be married to any sons of the other tribes of the children of Israel, then, share, then shall their inheritance, uh, uh, then their inheritance shall be taken from the inheritance of our fathers. Uh, so if they married outside the tribe, uh, then the inheritance would be taken away and not kept. Uh, and so it and shall be put to the inheritance of the tribe whereunto they are received. So it would almost be switched around a little bit. So shall it be taken from the lot of our inheritance. And when the, the jubilee of the children of Israel shall be, 
Then shall their inheritance be put into the inheritance of the tribe whereunto they are received. So shall their inheritance be taken away from the inheritance of the tribe of our fathers. So just uh, the, the switching of this. But if they married within the tribe, then they would maintain the inheritance that was given to them by the Lord. Uh, so that depending on who they married, if they wanted to marry outside the tribe, they would lose their inheritance. They would then inherit what their husband had uh, from his tribe. But if they married within the tribe, they would keep the, the inheritance that was given to them. And so in verse 6, this is the thing which the Lord doth command concerning the daughters of Zelophed, saying, let them marry who, whom they think best, <laughs> uh, but only to the the family of the tribe of their fathers shall they marry. So let them marry, but uh, uh, they're only going to keep their inheritance if they marry within the tribe. Uh, and so shall not the, the inheritance of the children of Israel remove from tribe to tribe, for every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself in the inheritance of the tribe of his father. And every daughter that possesseth an inheritance in any tribe of the children of Israel shall be the wife to one of the family of the tribe of her father, that the children of Israel may enjoy every man the inheritance of their fathers. Neither shall the inheritance remove from one tribe to another, but every one of the tribes of the children of Israel shall keep to himself his own inheritance. Even so the Lord commanded Moses, so did the daughters of Zelophed. Uh, and so the daughters were married under their father's brother's sons. Uh, and so there was, there was an intermarriage and it wasn't as bad as what it is now. Uh, uh, physically wise, as far as birth defects and everything else that have come about because of the condition of man and sin. Uh, as sin goes down, uh, so also does the resistance and, and so also does uh, ju just the, the defects and everything else that comes about. And so now we have laws in the lands where you can't marry your cousins uh, and all this stuff, that, but it wasn't as bad then. Um, but this was just to keep the tribes of Israel in their places so it wouldn't be completely disorganized. So it would be organized according to the tribes as the Lord wanted it, as the Lord saw it, and as the Lord dealt those things out. Because remember, they cast lots for the places of their land, and as they would cast lots, they would keep that land no matter what. And so if the women married outside the tribe, they would lose that, but the rest of the tribe would maintain that area. Uh, uh, but if they stayed in the tribe, then, then they would inherit that land and it would stay within the tribe. And so he finishes up here in verse 12 and 13. And they were married into the families of the sons of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And their inheritance remained in the tribe of the family of their father. And these are the commandments and the judgments which the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses unto the children of Israel in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho. So they, they brought this condition to uh, Moses' attention. He went to the Lord. This is what the Lord said. And they honored that. They, they stayed within their tribe, and they stayed through that. Uh, but then we come to an issue, and the issue comes in Jeremiah. So if you turn to uh, Jeremiah 22, I know we're jumping around a lot, uh, but that's okay, it's good for you. Uh, Jeremiah 22, 
just think, I got all these, these cards in here. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 22, uh, there, there comes a time uh, where we run into an issue that, that's going to come to pass, and the precedent that was set is, is going to come as we see later on in the Gospels. And we'll see that in just a minute. So hang on for a second and we'll get there. Uh, in verse 28 uh, of Jeremiah 22, just for time's sake, so Patrick can get back to work. Uh, it says, is, is this man Kaniah? And Kaniah is also translated uh, Jeconiah. And he was a man who was ungodly. And this is what the Lord says about him through Jeremiah in other places. Is this man, Kaniah, a despised, broken idol? <laughs> is he a vessel whereon is no pleasure? The Lord has no pleasure in this man. Wherefore are they cast out, he and his seed, and are cast into a land they know not? O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. O people in the earth, listen to what God is saying. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper, sitting on the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. Oops. Oops, we got a problem. Because if the line is going to go through all this way and then all of a sudden stop, then how does Jesus come from the tribe that, that's going to come through the land? How is that going to take place? We see it in the Gospels. So, Turn again. Uh, let, let's go to uh, Matthew first. And we see the line of the tribe of Joseph uh, coming in this place. And then we'll take a look at the line of the tribe that Mary comes through uh, and just see what happens here. Uh, in Matthew chapter 1, uh, it says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob Judas and his brethren, and Judas begot Perez and Zerah of Tamar, and Perez begot Esram, and Esram begot Aram, and Aram begot Aminadab, aren't you excited already? And Aminadab begot Nason, and Nason begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Booz. Uh, isn't it great there's a guy in the Bible named Booz? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Bill Gallatin always loved this. He always took us <laughs> said, just think, out of booze came the, the, the Redeemer. <laughs> uh, but Salmon begot booze of Rahab, and booze begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king, and David the king begot Solomon. So here comes the problem. If it comes through this, and then he comes to Kaniah or Jeconiah, as we see as you go through, then the line stops. So where's the inheritance? And how does Jesus come through the line if it stops there? Well, here comes the answer, which we've seen all the way through in Numbers, and then in Joshua here, and we're going to see with Mary. In, Matthew, or in Luke chapter 3, uh, as we see the line coming through Mary, which the inheritance came through, because remember the seed was not Joseph's, the seed was the Holy Spirit in Mary, so the line, the inheritance is going to come through Mary. But we see the tribe of Joseph coming through and, and, 
and coming through David, but stopping at Jeconiah because there, there was ungodliness there. So how do we get around that and how do we go through that? And we see it in, in Matthew chapter 3. Uh, and just for time's sake, again, uh, let's go down to verse 31. The, the same uh, listing of genealogy is, is from Abraham to David. But this is where it changes with Mary. Uh, in verse 31, which was the son of Meolah, which was the son of Menan, which is the son of Mattatha, which is the son of Nathan, which was the son of David. So everything is the same, except Joseph's line goes through Solomon, Mary's line goes through Nathan, a different son. And the genealogy continues because it was a different portion of the tribe that, that he was going to come through. And because of the precedent that was set with the women of, of Zelophad, the daughters of Zelophad, what we see is that there's an inheritance that comes through the woman's line if there was no male then the, the women, it would go through their line and they would keep the inheritance of the land if they married in the tribe. And because her line came through Nathan rather than Solomon, then the line would continue because of her inheritance, not because of Joseph's. But it's interesting, Joseph wasn't the father anyway. So the line would come through a woman. And isn't it interesting that in this line, there's four women mentioned, and all four of them were Gentiles. Amazing. And yet the Lord redeemed it, and the Lord used it, and they all came to salvation in that place. And they, in fact, not only through salvation, but into the line of Jesus. Talk about coming out of the world <laughs> and, and coming into salvation. Here they come in this place, and they're, they're Gentiles. They come to salvation. They come into the tribes of Judah. They're, they're born in. Remember, Rahab was in there, and Tamar was in there, uh, and Ruth was in there. Uh, they're in there, and Bathsheba. They're in there, and then they're in that place of being in the line of Jesus as the Lord redeems these things. Because of the line of the woman instead of the man, the, the precedent that was set up with Zelophad and his daughters. Look at how far back the Lord goes just to set a precedent so that we can see it all the way through Scripture. And the world goes, well, different men wrote the Bible, so it, it's not really true. It wasn't the Lord that wrote it. Oh, yeah? How do you go back all this way and come through something like this? And he has no sons. <laughs> just at that time so that the precedent could be set so that the line of Mary would go on and the inheritance would come through there and not through Joseph. Oh, unbelievable how much detail the Lord puts into things just so that we can see those things and, and just be encouraged that we're walking in the right direction and we have the right God. <laughs> And we're in a place today where, where the world is just trying to confuse everything that's going on. Not only are they confusing the things of the Bible, even in the churches, because look at how much they've confused in the churches. More than half the churches don't believe in the inerrancy of the Word of God. So how can they teach that God was in the beginning and in the end? 
and they're picking and choosing the verses that they want to have, well, it's okay to be what you are. God really doesn't say anything about it. How much of their Bible did they just take out and rip out and throw out? God's in detail and is in, in the details, even to the inheritance for Mary, because her, the seed that was in her wasn't the seed of Joseph, so the line had to come through Mary, and the inheritance that was there is the inheritance that was set up way back uh, in Joshua here, way back with Moses in, in Numbers. Unbelievable how the Lord just ties all those things together. And so as they divide the land, we can go back to Joshua here. Sorry for that rabbit trail of sorts, but it was, it's important for us to see that uh, this is an important thing that's going on. He isn't just mentioning the male children in verse 2 and then the, the, the women, the, the daughters that came through Zelophehad for no reason at all. Because sometimes we go through and we think, well, this was dumb. I just read through this and it has no meaning whatsoever. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. Can you just wait to get to heaven and find out that Chronicles, he spends centuries and eons in Chronicles because there's so much in there, the details that he has in there that are viable all the way through Scripture, that we just look at and go, well, we don't have to read Chronicles. Boom. Okay, done with First and Second Chronicles. I'm on my way through the Bible, man. <laughs> but he has details in there that are so important for us. Because how many times have we read over these things and we go, okay, so Zelophehad had daughters, big deal. <laughs> and we laugh at the name of one of the daughters. You know, but still, the details that are there are for you and I. The inheritance has to be pure, it has to be holy, it has to be right. And God in the details makes sure. And if he's in that many details for just this, what about the details in your life and my life that God wants to be involved with? And we think the details in my life have no meaning whatsoever. And he goes, oh, yes, they do. Because why do you think you were born in this year? And why do you think that you graduated in, the, in this year? And why do you think that you're in the area that you're in? It isn't because he just threw you out and said, okay, go find something. And now he blesses us. He has a detail in every single purpose that comes through our life just like he did with the daughters of Zelophehad, just like he did with the line that came through Joseph and Mary. Those details are important, and they're so important because it, it just shows that God was in our life and ministering to us all the way through. And that's encouraging. And here he is with these girls, and they have no idea what's coming down the line. <laughs> they think we're an abnormality. You know, we don't know what to do with this. But because they got out, and remember just the chapters before, we saw Achish jump off her donkey and say, hey, you, you gave me to marry Othniel, but, but I need springs, Caleb. I need springs of water to be there too. The women have an importance in Scripture that the world says, nah, we don't really care about women. But God says, I care about every detail of every life, the women, the men, the children. And I love you. Oh. And it's just so wonderful to see. Certainly there's blessing in being in order with the husband first and the wife and, and all the way through that. But boy, there, there's details in the women's lives that we need to have. And I can tell you, I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Kath. 
helping me along the way and just encouraging me in, in different way, being my cheerleader. <laughs> Pay no attention to the woman that's talking in the corner. Uh, so back in, in, in Joshua here, uh, uh, as we go through, and it says in verse 5, there fell ten portions to Manasseh beside the land of Gilead and Bashan, which were on the other side. Because of the daughters of Manasseh, they had an inheritance among his sons, and the rest of Manasseh's sons had the land of Gilead. Uh, and so they go through some of these uh, borders and coasts that they have, and, and we'll just skip by those just for uh, time's sake. Down in verse 12, uh, it says, Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. And remember, the last time we, we were here, uh, we saw that if, if we l allow the enemy to abide in the land, then it's going to bring a snare to our lives. It's going to be, be hard for us in the land. And we see it in Israel today. Look at what's in the midst of Israel today. The Arabs. Gaza, the West Bank, and they're driving them crazy. Why? They didn't drive them out. They didn't get rid of them. And just think how much trouble is going to be in our lives if we don't drive out the enemy in our own lives, if we don't drive out the, those lusts that we have for things that are ungodly, if we don't drive out the hurt and in, in the, uh, the pain that we have from time past, uh, from the condition of our sin that brought hurt to us if, if we don't get rid of those things and allow God to heal us and bring life to us then we're going to see that those things bring a snare in our land and we aren't going to be able to drive those things out and they're going to gain a foothold in our lives that is just going to hurt us down the road or hurt our kids ugh and they couldn't drive them out. Yet it came to pass in verse 13 that when the children of Israel were waxing strong, that they put the Canaanites to tribute. This is supposed to make them feel better. Well, we're stronger than they are, so we'll put them to tribute. And the Lord is sitting there, I told you to drive them out. I didn't tell you to put them under tribute. I have control over my smoking. I have and how many people that are alcoholics can sit there and say, I can quit if I want to, I just don't want to. How many times did we say that? I don't have to go out and go out to bars. I just do because I feel better. <laughs> we have no control. And they're doing the same thing there. We could drive them out if we wanted to because we're strong. But I, I want them here just so I can have servants. Really? They serve me in a good way. No, they don't. <laughs> They're undermining your authority. They're undermining your, your ways with the Lord. They're undermining your walk with the Lord. And they're going to cause potholes to enter into your walk. Look at what the snow does to the roads in Rochester. <laughs> they undermine the condition of the road. And you're driving through potholes that are taking your tires and just causing them to fall all over the place and you got nothing left. Mm. That's what it does with our lives as we walk through this journey and we hit those potholes and they just kind of swallow us up. Oh, Lord help us. They put them under tribute, but they did not utterly drive them out. 
just the condition that Israel was in, just an importance for us to see that we need to take care of those things in our lives as, as the Lord points them out to us. And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit? Seem I'm a great people. I'm strong. I got it together. For as much as the Lord has blessed me, I'm blessed by the Lord. And don't we hear Christians saying that? I'm blessed by the Lord. I got this and I got that. Yeah, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm still walking with the Lord. Really? Which bar do you go in that the Lord's walking in with you? <laughs> oh. And Joshua answered them, I love the wisdom that, it, that the Lord has given this guy. If you're so great, then get moving and get up, get up. You want more land, but you've got a whole mountain of forest there that you could cut down and there's giants there that you could get rid of and you could take that land, but you don't. If you're so strong, if you're so mighty, if you're such a great people, then get up and do something. But you see, we can't say that to people now, can we? <laughs> you offended me. The one feeling I have, you hurt, and now I'm a mess, and I'm not going to be a good Christian because of what you said to me. We can't let that hold. Joshua looks at these people and says, if you're so great, get up there and do something about the people that are in your land. Hmm. Really? You could say it then, you can't say it now. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Uh, if you're such a great people, get thee up to the wood country and cut down for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the giants. If Mount Ephraim's too small for you, if it's too narrow for you, then get up and do something about it. Don't look for somebody else's land. What they wanted to do was take some land from one of the other tribes and take it for them because they were mightier and they were better Christians than those people were, so we should have more land. And Joshua says, you're not even taking care of your own land. And if the Lord builds a house, then we're not going to labor in vain. But if the Lord's building the house and we're not taking care of it and doing what he says, then we can't expect to take from somebody else and get from somebody else that which we already have on our own, but we're not taking care of it. Ugh. And the children of Joseph said, The hill's not enough for us. And the Canaanites dwell in the land of the valley. <laughs> so he tells them to look up and to take the land. And they said, Well, look it down below. <laughs> Isn't that just like us as Christians? We'll say something to somebody. Well, if you're really that good of a Christian, then you should be able to quit smoking. You should be able to quit drinking. And they say, Yeah, but look at the family I have to live in. What are they doing? They're just deflecting the thing that they're supposed to be doing to something else. Gee, it doesn't sound like, like mankind, like a natural man, does it? <laughs> Isn't that so natural? We point fingers at something and somebody says, you can do that. Well, look at this. This is the reason I can't do that is because of this. <laughs> All we're doing is deflecting and, and just being in a place where the Lord can't get me to a place of doing it. Yeah, because of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my heart, it's everybody else around me. <laughs> so in the valley, uh, the Canaanites are there, and they got chariots of iron. Sure, we could cut down the trees and beat the giants, but then down below we got chariots. We can't beat those. 
Wow. Both they who were of Bashan in her towns and they who were of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spoke unto the house of Joseph, saying, Even unto Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and you have great power, and, and you shall not have one lot only. You, you're going to have this one lot, and, and you're not going to have... And what people look at is what Joshua is saying is he's going to give them another lot. He's not telling them he's going to give them another lot. He, he said you're going to be able to pursue and take care of the whole lot. You're not going to have just this little portion of this lot. You're going to have the whole lot if you go out and do something about it. Well, Lord, I can't get up and read in the morning. Well, you could if you take, took care of not going out to the bars at night. You could if you weren't watching those shows on TV. You, you could if you would just discipline yourself to come to a place uh, of just walking with the Lord and such and getting up and reading before you went out. And they're going, well, I can't do it. I can only do it at night. Well, at night you're too tired. So you can't get up in the morning, but you stay up late saying that I can't read at night. All I can do is listen to TV and watch and listen to the radio. I, I can't do it. And that, but then you're too tired in the morning to get up and read. So you end up not reading at all. <laughs> and the Lord says, if you got things in order, it would all be okay. But we keep deflecting away from the things of the Lord. I can't be a good Christian because of this in my life. I can't be a good Christian because of my husband, because of my wife, because of my kids, because of the neighborhood. Adam and Eve had the same problem, except they had a perfect environment, and it, they found out it was their own heart. It wasn't the environment or who they were married to. <laughs> Remember, there's only two of them. So <laughs> there, there was there was no other choices. <laughs> but they're in that place of just deflecting. And what did Adam and Eve do when God came? They hid, thinking that God wouldn't know that they just sinned. And he said, where are you, Adam? Notice he went to the guy first. Where are you, Adam? And then he talked to Eve. <laughs> What'd you do, Eve? Uh, it was the Satan's fault. And we're so busy pointing fingers that we're not taking care of our own issues. And boy, the church is in a place now where every church has got so many issues because of the people that are in the churches. But it starts with the heart of us. It doesn't start with the heart of the pastor. It doesn't <laughs> I'm deflecting off myself. <laughs> it doesn't start with, with the condition of the leadership. It's, it, it starts with our own hearts. We don't do things because of our own hearts. It's not the church's fault. It's our fault. It's not Jesus' fault. And you know how many times we've heard that? Well, it's the Lord's fault I'm in this place. Isn't that what Adam said? It's the wife you gave me. <laughs> if it wasn't for her, I'd be okay. I'd still be out there talking to the animals. You know, I named them all. I should be able to talk to them. It's my wife's fault. Isn't it amazing? Where we go with it? Instead of saying, yes, Lord, it's my fault. We say it's got to be somebody else's fault. <laughs> There's chariots down there. And Joshua spoke to the house of uh, Joseph, even to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people and you have great power, 
you're going to have this, but the mountain shall be yours for it is wood and you shall cut it down and the outgoings of it shall be yours for you shall drive out the Canaanites though you have, though they have iron chariots and though they be strong. They're complaining because th there's strength in the, in the place that, that's the enemy. They have more strength than they do. But the Lord says, no, you have strength. It tells us this in Ecclesiastes 9, verse 11. Uh, he said, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift and the battle to the strong. They're complaining because the iron chariots are too strong for them. And he says, the battle isn't to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. It's all going to come before us. So, so we can't really say it's because it's too strong for me. The alcohol has too strong a pull on my life. The drugs have too strong a pull on my life. My, my anger has too strong a pull in my life, and I can't stop being angry with people. <laughs> That's just saying, God, you made me, and you, you made me deformed. And God says, I made you perfect. You can do this. <laughs> and then it says this in, in Zechariah, uh, and you, you, you know the scriptures, Zechariah 4, we should know it now, we've gone through it enough times, Zechariah 4, 6, and he said, Then he answered and said unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, and to you and I, to Billy, to Kathy, to everyone here, this is what the Lord says to us, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts. And he puts in there the Lord of hosts because it's the, the Lord of hosts that's going to defeat all the enemies around us. He's the captain of the army and the army's fighting for us to defeat those things that want to keep us in hold. And he's mighty. It's not because they're stronger. It's because our God is stronger. <laughs> our God is able to do this. And so, you know what happens, though, in all of this? There goes all our excuses. Now what do we do? <laughs> we say that God is right, we're wrong, and we let him work in us. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Uh, and so, chapter 18. We got time, Patrick, don't worry. I'll only be an hour and a half in this chapter. No trouble. And so the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there, uh, they set it up until the time that Samuel came. They set it up in Shiloh. The ark was there. The presence of the Lord was there. He was ministering there. Uh, but because of sin, it was driven away from there and went to Jerusalem. The Lord did a new thing. Don't box up your Lord so much that he can't move from one place to another without you saying Okay, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. <laughs> well, the Lord's at Shiloh, so we got to worship at Shiloh. No, the Lord's, now it tells us in Scripture in Corinthians that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he indwells us. So now what do we do? Wherever we go, the Lord is there. Well, I guess I can work, worship anywhere because you're with me. Right. <laughs> Uh, but he was there in Shiloh, and it tells us in Psalm 68, or 78, uh, verse 60, it says this, 
so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent which he placed among men. He forsook it because of the evilness of their heart, the evilness of their ways. He forsook that place in Shiloh that they had set up first. Even though it was there, things were going to change. Things are going to change on the earth. We're already seeing them change. <laughs> you see what's, what's going on in the world? We had a bomb cyclone in Buffalo. We had a bomb cyclone that just hit California. Where did bomb cyclones come from? <laughs> I never heard of them when I was a kid. I heard of storms. All of a sudden we got bomb cyclones. And now following that is the Pineapple Express because it came out of Hawaii and it's going to hit California. So who are they blaming? They're blaming Hawaii. You sent this storm to us because you don't like us. <laughs> Where are these things coming from? We're just making new names, but things are just getting worse in the earth because the Lord's given up and, and the Lord is just taking his hand off and letting the earth get what it wants. Oh. And he said things are going to get worse and worse. The Lord rips the temple from the high priest in Israel as he rent his robe. Remember, we talked about that. And in Leviticus, it says that he was not supposed to. And so he rents the, the, the priesthood from the, the priesthood of Israel. And now there's the new priesthood, and it's in Christ. He, he rips the curtain that separated the people from the Holy of Holies. He ripped it in two as Jesus died on the cross. And what happens is now there's a new system. We can enter boldly into that throne of grace, it tells us in Hebrews 10, and walk right into the Holy of Holies and have fellowship with God Almighty. A new thing has taken place, and people can't handle it. We've done this for years. So? <laughs> I have a new way for you now. And this is going to be it. Oh. In this, this place in Shiloh is getting ripped from them, uh, and they can't understand it. Uh, and, uh, it tells us this in, in Jeremiah 7, uh, verse 12. Let me read it to you, and I'll stop running around here. Uh, but go ye now unto my place, which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first, and see what I did to it, for the wickedness of my people Israel. Because of the wickedness that was there, I'm, I'm moving things from the place that they have idolized and come into a place of that, that's just awful, that sin has just been regenerated and just brought up and just fulfilled. He says, I'm, I'm taking my hand off of that and moving. Oh. We go, well, Lord, where are you going? And I love what Moses said. We, we did it when we went through Exodus. As the Lord looks at him and says, it's time to get off this mountain. And Moses says, if you don't go with us, I'm not moving. The whole rest of Israel can go, but I'm staying where the Lord is. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? How many of us would say that? Well, Calvary Chapel till the end. 
or, or living water to the end. You know, we started here, we're going to stay here, this is it, this is going to be the end of it, this is the only place we can be because this is the only place God is. And he says, well, I'm moving <laughs> because of the wickedness of the people that are there, I'm changing things. They go, really? Calvary chapels are not going to be forever. We've already seen a huge split with them. Was something that started out so well and did so well, wickedness has started creeping in and, and things have changed so much that, that now there's a huge split. Well, where do we go now? You follow Jesus. If he says, I want you to go to this Presbyterian church and work there because I, I have a time there and I have people there to, that I want you to minister to. Whoa, Lord, not there. That's ungodly. <laughs> That's where I want you to be. Wow. And the Lord moves from Shiloh and he goes to Jerusalem and they, they, they just couldn't handle it. Just like you and I sometimes. But when did that happen? In, in Samuel's time. Remember when Eli was messing around? That, that's when he took his hand off of that and, and moved in that way. Don't ask hard questions. Ask me easy questions that I can answer. <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes on here in, in Joshua and he says and there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance so there's still tribes they've been in the land remember the war has been over for seven after seven years of, of war and now they've been there for a while and the people still aren't possessing what God has given them sound like Christians that you know sound like you and I and it's so sad to see and so, so hard to hear. We, we had a guy who was close to us uh, and he pointed us to Jesus when we were having trouble and we weren't saved. Uh, and he really just pointed to us and I don't wanna hear about your troubles, I want you to hear about Jesus. <laughs> and that's the only thing he'd let us do, you know? We kept trying to point fingers at each other and he said, get those fingers out of here, I don't need those fingers, I just wanna tell you about Jesus. And as he's gone through that, but then he had a horrible accident in his family and it just shut him down. And it was so sad to see and it's still sad to see because he hasn't come out of it. We don't know what's gonna come in our lives. We're in a new year. We don't know what's gonna come this year. But what we do know is, is that God is in us and by his might, by his power, by his spirit, he's able to get us through the days that we're in and the times that we're in. And we need to trust him. And if something of suffering happens, remember the disciples, when Jesus died on the cross, they couldn't understand how soft suffering can bring glory. And yet it did, didn't it? It brought the glory of Jesus to the forefront for the whole world to see. We can't understand how suffering can bring encouragement and strength into our life, but it can. We don't know what's coming this year. We may not be here by the end of the year. Individually, some of us may not be here by the end of the year. <laughs> I'm volunteering, but <laughs> I don't know if he's going to take it. <laughs> he may keep me here till I'm 100, which will drive me crazy. But, <laughs> but... What are we going to do if he does? How are we going to handle it? Are we going to stay in the midst? Or are we going to give up and say, it's not like it used to be, so I just can't handle it, and I'm not going to go anywhere else. I'm not going any further with you, Lord. Oh, 
how hard that can be. And yet here's people who have a land and they're not possessing it. We have the Holy Spirit and he says, I've given you all things and we can't handle it. I can't take it, Lord. I can't handle it because I don't know what you're going to do in the midst, so I'm just going to shut down. Oh. He's given us everything that we need for life and godliness, and yet a lot of us are sitting there saying, I can't handle any more life. <laughs> I can't handle any more storms in my life. And he says, but I've got so much more for you. I've got so much more glory if you possess the land. And here's these tribes. They've come out of Egypt. They've wandered through the desert. They're now in the promised land. And they're saying, well, we're here, but I don't want to possess what I have. Really? <laughs> After all that, you're going to say, well, thanks, Lord, but I'd rather go back to Egypt. <laughs> really? <laughs> and yet we do that, don't we? And the Lord says, oh, come on. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long are you going to be slack to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? Give out from among you three men of each tribe, and I'll send them out, and they shall rise and go through the land and describe it according to the inheritance to them, uh, and they shall come again to me. And they're going to divide it into seven parts. So send out three men from each tribe, and they're going to divide it into seven parts. Great numbers, huh? Three, the number of witness. Seven, the number of completion, the number of perfection. Hmm. We say numbers don't mean anything in Scripture. I think they do. I love seeing these numbers. <laughs> Three men from each tribe, seven parts. It's all going to be completed if you allow me to work. And you're going to describe unto me these seven parts. Bring the description that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord. But remember that the Levites, those that are serving me, have no part among you, uh, for the priesthood is, uh, is of the Lord, and it's their inheritance. The Lord is going to be their inheritance. How wonderful it can be when we just don't desire the land, but we can desire the things of the Lord. Oh, because he now calls us a kingdom of kings and priests. <laughs> Our inheritance is the Lord. Aren't you glad? Because what else are you going to inherit? Well, you can, you can in, in, inherit the city of Rochester. Oh, no thanks, Lord. You keep Rochester. I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> you can have Sacramento or San Francisco. Oh, no thanks, Lord. I know what those people are like down there. I don't. <laughs> you, can ha you can have Washington, D.C. You can be part of the Congress. Oh, no thanks, Lord. <laughs> You keep them because they can't even elect anybody. Gosh, really? How bad is the world? How bad is the United States right now? And how soon before everything implodes? Because we just can't do anything. Oh, it's coming. Possess what the Lord has given you. And if he's your possession, then possess him. Because he wants to possess you. Oh. And so the men arose and went away, and Joshua charged them that, the, them that went away to describe the land, saying, go and walk through it. It, it takes effort. It, it takes accountability. It takes responsibility. And that's what Christians should be. We should be accountable. We should be responsible. And we should be faithful to go. 
come again to me that I may cast lots. And so the men went and passed through the land to describe the cities into seven parts in a book and came again to Joshua, uh, to the host of at Shiloh. And Joshua cast lots for them and they went through uh, in the last verse, verse 28, uh, it says, And Selah and Eleph and Jebusai, which is uh, uh, Jerusalem, Gibeath and, and Kiriath, 14 cities with their villages, and this is the inheritance of the children of Benjamin according to their families. And uh, we're going to go on uh, in 19 uh, to see more division. Uh, and then we're going to come to chapter 20 with the cities of refuge. So I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be a lot better than the names I'm mispronouncing now. Uh, and you'll know where you are by then. Uh, but isn't it so cool how scripture can just show us our own hearts in our own ways, in what's going on in our lives and what's going on in the lives of the world uh, as we see it. Uh, but just what a great year already because God is in it he hasn't left us he hasn't forsaken us and if he's given us this year what more can we want <laughs> well I could be home Lord that would be even better <laughs> but we're not yet so we occupy till he comes and that's what Israel wasn't doing and that's the example that he wrote down for us that we could occupy till he comes <laughs> uh, well father thank you lord uh for your word thank you for the truth of it and, and we do lord just continue to pray for your people so many struggling and hurting lord and we do think of phyllis lord uh, not here today but getting ready to go into the hospital tomorrow for her her surgery lord we do just pray for a good report from that that she could be healed from it lord and that this would do the work that it's supposed to do in her life. So how we pray for your hand to be upon her and help her to keep us in prayer, or keep help <laughs> help us to keep her in prayer. Yeah, she can pray for us too, uh, but Lord, help us to re be re in remembrance of what's going on in her life, Lord, that we might be faithful to pray for her. So have your way and uh, just minister to us now, Father, as we seek you, as we go through our day, our week, our month, uh, this year, maybe, if you give it to us, if you tarry, Father, help us to be faithful, and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Maybe you could even...